Surely the birds appreciate all we've done for them. Don't you? Beautiful cage, fresh water, now the birds to bother you, none of that blinding sunlight. Oh! Now why would he do that? Most peculiar. What on earth? My name is Amanda. And I'm Kristen. And, and we, we are, are the, the Exorcisters. So sit back, relax, and let's get creepy. Welcome to episode 20. And in this episode, we'll be talking about the 1963 Alfred Hitchcock film, The Birds. But before we do, something super weird happened today. It was so great. Last night I had a dream, like a Jaws dream. Like a, it was Jaws, like the shark. And yeah. I was like with the fishermen and the main <laughs> characters and they were like the actual characters and we were like trying to get away and i was like the boat's gotta go faster and then we ended up getting to the swim area which looked like a lake when i was a kid that we used to go to but obviously it was the ocean and there was like this birthday party and all these people sitting around in inner tubes and i was trying to get them out of the water and they wouldn't listen to me and shit went down but you never have sharks dreams like you have no this is i usually have like supernatural possession demons aliens yeah. like creepy creepier stuff not like monster kind of dreams yeah. yeah so the cool part was when she said that this morning at work literally the night before i was laying in bed just for like two hours just watching videos of sharks and it creeps me out because they're getting like so close to the camera and eyes freak me out and it would keep panning to their eyes and mm-hmm. i would go oh my god so it was scaring me and then that I had same a night, shark dream. I, that's, I've never had a shark dream before. That's so creepy and awesome. We're connected. We are like, one. <laughs> yeah, eventually we're gonna just be able to look at each other and have a whole conversation. <laughs> <laughs> we're not far. Sometimes we can just go mm, right and have a whole conversation. <laughs> so we love the older films from love like the, the I'd say what like the 50s or even maybe the 40s through like the 70s yeah like I love the 80s and, and up to now too but just in like a different way yeah exactly of different yeah they're just different and I love that I don't mean this in a bad way but I love that horror then was more simple like it didn't take mm-hmm. a crazy amount of uh supernatural paranormal to scare people like the birds like uh, brad was actually he wasn't meaning this in like a how is that scary kind of way he was making dinner and he was like so what's scary about this movie like Mm -hmm. what classifies it as a horror movie for example and i was like well think about it like birds attacking humans how many birds are there for every one person in the world like a million you know yeah older horror is definitely more about thinking it through yeah literally sitting in that yeah and it's not about jump scares no. or horrifying imagery. And there was some of that. But when you look at 60s horror, it's more like these are like real things that could happen that are scary. Like yeah. Psycho. like Exactly. Just a killer at a hotel or a motel. Yeah. I you mean, know? he was based on a serial killer. Yeah. So obviously part of that did happen. Right. 
and then the birds. It's this... literally birds like gouging out people's yeah. eyes and shit and, and killing people. Hitchcock took the name from a book, The Birds, but that's literally all he took from the book and the town, I think. But the, what he actually took was a real life instance of I think it was like a little California town where a, a day or two days they were just attacked in mass by these birds and then it just stopped. Weird. So this movie introduces Miss Tippy Hedren and She's so beautiful. Yes, if you listen to our back then mm-hmm, our woman women in horror episode, she was one that we talked about for the sixties for I this love movie. Her. Yeah, it was weird me out though, not in like a bad way, but she looks so much like my dad's mom did. I like when I've seen pictures. Like, I want to see that. Yeah. Oh my god, I want to see like a her. picture. Really? Mm-hmm. Oh my god, she's so beautiful. Yeah. So was my grandmother. I've seen pictures, and I'm like, God, she looks like freaking Marilyn Monroe in that picture. <laughs> so that was cool. But um, it starts with Miss Tippy, which her name in the movie is Melanie Daniels, walking around downtown, and she gets catcalled, and she's just like, Hey. So you can tell the uh, yeah. the time differences here are interesting. Well, that's also it was a nod to how she was found because this is her first movie, but she mm-hmm. was actually in a commercial. For diet soda and that's what happens in the commercial is she's catcalled because you know this diet soda is good for her health Keeping and all that. Her slim. So that's how Hitchcock found her and that's a little nod to that which I think is cute. Yeah. Something you don't know nowadays unless you find the trivia but back then maybe people were like oh my god I get it. I got catcalled. Yeah. yeah. And she is she notices this swarm of birds but just kind of yeah. notices they're like crows or whatever you know not a big deal. Seagulls. Seagulls. The lady in the pet shop says they're seagulls. Oh, okay. They're seagulls and crows in this. Anyways, she goes into a pet store and she talks to the owner and she's picking well, up. As she's going in the pet store, did you see? Did no, you see? okay. So you told me that Hitchcock was in this and so I was like, he makes a cameo like uh, Stan Lee does and Stephen King does yeah. a lot. I had to rewatch this scene to find him again. Honestly, I thought I was doing so good. I know. There's a scene later where you see the back of a man and he kind of turns his face to the Mm -hmm. side. So you don't really see him head on. And I texted you and I was like, found him. It's this one. And you're like, nope. He was way at the beginning. I was like, fuck. Yeah. So Hitchcock, as Tippy's walking in, Hitchcock is actually walking out with his two white terriers. And their names are Jeffrey and Stanley. Oh, I know. Jeffrey and Stanley. <laughs> I like that they have proper I know. men names. Yeah. Jeffrey and Stanley. And she's talking to the owner and she's picking up a bird. Ironically, of course, she's picking up a bird. This is a, a bird shop. Bird. And she wants it to talk. But the bird's not there yet. They said they would. it would be there at three, but it's not. And she's like, well, you can just deliver it to me. They done lied. Yeah. Well, and you can also tell that Melanie is kind of like well-to-do. And she's like... Oh, snotty yes you can deliver it to me and she's like oh no like it'll be here later and she's like no you can deliver it here's my address i'm not coming back no. <laughs> so you can tell she's like kind of rich baby. and yeah kind of spoiled and then this man asks her for help finding lovebirds because mm-hmm. he thinks well he doesn't think but he's acting like he kn- thinks that she works there i mean we get later on that he's tricking her but also she's trying to trick him you yeah. say you're trying to live on the up and up later on, but you're like, you're yeah, not. Yeah, sure, I work at this pet store. I'll help you out. <laughs> and then she, like, tries to show him a bird. And she's she goes as far as to, like, get the bird out of the cage. And, of course, it, like, flies away from her. Yeah. And we find out that he knows her name is Melanie Daniels. And he saw her in the courtroom. Because, like, you had to clarify for me. 
because I missed this. She's there a lot. Yeah. Because she keeps doing these tricks and the cops bring her in and she's trust friend. Maybe she gets away with it, but yeah, she keeps so ending she up in court. She likes to play, prank, play yeah. pranks, basically. And they banter and she runs outside to get his license plate and she calls in a favor to her daddy's newspaper to run his plates. Yeah. So her father owns a newspaper in San Francisco? San Diego. San Francisco. San Francisco. Okay. Which, once again, later on, she says that she's not doing these tricks anymore. You're doing it right now. Yeah. Calling in favors. <laughs> and then she orders these lovebirds because the whole reason he was in there, he said, was to get two lovebirds for his 11-year-old sister, Kathy. Mm-hmm. But he's, like, older. Like, I don't know, mid-30s? Yeah. Like, he almost looks older than that, but I know he's not. So she gets the birds and she takes, she's like driving to this man's home. Like he doesn't even know that she knows his name. Yeah. She's tracked him down like a stalker. Yeah. And so she's taking these lovebirds to him, to his home in San Francisco. But his neighbors say that he's away at Bodega Bay. And so she decides she's just going to go to this other town where his family lives. Creepy. I'm saying if this was a dude stalker and also is this trick even worth it at that point why would you drive an hour away and at that time speed limits were lower so an hour and a half away to do this fucking thing yeah they said two hours if you go one highway and like an hour and a half if you go the other it's like you have nothing else to do in your life jesus no she doesn't clearly And I thought this was so cute when she's she's taking these turns at a ridiculous speed. Right, she's like, and these lovebirds they're, they're just like tilting with the car like back and forth, and you're like, that is so lame but so cute. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's really cute though. She gets to Bodega Bay and goes to the post office slash general store and says she's looking for Mitchell Brenner, and the man working there just tells her where he lives. Like it's fine nowadays. People would be like, mm-hmm. why? no especially in a small town and you're like yeah well, why yeah. why do you need to know and then she even goes farther with this trick once again i feel like you would give up at some point to get his sister's name right because the post office dude can't figure it out to get his sister's yeah, name right it's like alice she drives up to the schoolhouse where the school teacher lives to ask her that is an intense journey to make for this fucking trick yeah because so at the post office she said she also said she didn't want to take the road because it would just go right up to the front door and so she wanted him to rent her a boat to go across the bay and end up at their dock so they don't see her this is too much stuff it's a lot (laughs) yeah yeah and she uh so he orders her one and he says it'll be ready about 20 minutes and she's pestering him for the name of the little brenner girl and he doesn't know for sure and he says i'll go talk to the school teacher to get the exact name so she's just going around town asking questions about people that live there and if i was a teacher i'd be like why do you want my student's name hell no but it's just a different time i guess exactly well but okay it's not really like in any small town it's still gonna be the same and tell me they wouldn't have the postmaster or the school teacher would have fucking called that house going, hey, so-and-so is asking for you. They just left. Small towns are all up in your business all the fucking time. Mm-hmm. There's no way she would have gotten away with this without somebody finding out. No. And it's just so extra. <laughs> so she goes to the school teacher and she finds out that the girl's name is actually Kathy. And then they're just like smoking together. And the teacher's prying on why she's there and why she wants to know about Kathy and how long she's staying. But she doesn't elaborate to her. She keeps asking about Mitch. 
and she tells her she's taking him lovebirds and she doesn't seem happy about it so you can tell that this teacher like likes mitch right off the yeah. bat in my opinion that was really easy to pick up on yeah that's why she's prying into what melanie's doing and why because she's like oh this snooty bitch from san mm-hmm. francisco is all up in my man's business <laughs> oh, you <my>. know <laughs> and you see that you know she's got the lovebirds for kathy since mitch said that was his original mission in the pet store and so she gets these birds into this tiny little dinghy boat so i love the dude's look first of all he's looking well actually this goes back even to the post office he looks at her like why don't you just take the fucking road how yeah. crazy are you what super crazy fucking crazy ass bitch dedicated doing this shit. she's very dedicated <laughs> yeah. to, to her pranks and, like, she's walking down the dock, and these men are, like, looking at her. Mm-hmm. And then she's like, oh, do you have a boat for Melanie Daniel or what? He's like, y- yeah, the- there's your boat. <laughs> <laughs> so he, like, she, like, hands him the birds, and she, like, gets in there. And she just, like, starts the motor and starts, like, going yeah. across. Like, okay. Okay. Well, you know what's really weird? When I'm thinking about this movie, I'm thinking of it in black and white, but it's not a black and white movie. It's not. That's I don't weird. know why. I think it's because of Psycho interesting and when i'm going through this in my head the movie's in black and white even though it's in color that's pretty cool i don't know why that's happening but i see her going across the bay in black and white it's really weird good job brain yeah (laughs) it's like oh hitchcock black and white okay (laughs) so she's going there and she sees them outside and she turns off the motor and she starts to row as to not make noise so she sees could you find out that it's his mom his sister and him Mm -hmm. so there's no like misses for him and then there's no dad so she sees the mom and the little sister leave and so that's why she turned off the motor and she's staying quiet because she doesn't want them to hear her coming yeah and they leave and she rose to the dock and she literally walks because mitch goes to like the barn or the garage or whatever she just fucking walks right into their fucking house with her purse Leave the fucking purse in the boat. Why do you need it? She's a proper lady and her purse will go with her. Leave it in the boat. Yeah, she fucking walks into their fucking house, leaves the birds, and then goes back to her boat. It's creepy. It's really creepy. Especially because there was no car. If a man did that, this would be a very different movie. Oh, yeah. (laughs) So it'd be like, he's here. He's going to get me. You know? God. I mean, it's cute and like a crazy overly dedicated way i guess i don't know but before she heads away he comes out to look because he walks into the house and he sees the bird so he runs out and he's like looking around and then he catches her a boat scary and so he goes inside to get binoculars and then like caesar in them and so he gets in the truck real quick and you can see him speeding up so he's gonna meet her yeah at the docks and she's like laughing you know she thinks it's so funny so creepy so right before she pulls up to the dock and he's there a seagull like dive bombs her (laughs) yeah and she's like she's bleeding and she's got blood just running down her face and he helps her out of the boat and they walk into a restaurant and everyone's just staring at her because she's like the weird out of towner that's obviously rich and yeah they're working class fishermen and you know really small town and she finds out that he's a lawyer and does criminal law, which we kind of already knew because mm-hmm. he said, you know, but they're talking about him being a lawyer and he's like nursing her wounds. And she says that she came up to see Annie Hayward, which is the teacher and they're friends from college and that she didn't come just to see him. She was already going to be in Bodega Bay. 
why are you continuing this charade and she like quickly like comes clean about that too it's a small (laughs) town you've got to assume he knows who this lady is he knows that she's lying like immediately because you find out later that him and annie have a history so they know each other very well you know and so mitch's mom walks in and mitch introduces his mom and she's immediately like sketched out by melanie for some reason because she's smart immediately (laughs) being standoffish like what and so after that melanie goes to annie's to rent a room and she's renting a room like permanently but you know she's like ah whatever you can stay here for one night not a big deal and they're talking and then birds are freaking out again yeah hitting the door yeah and then i think mitch calls her or something and like tries to get her to come over or he had pressured her to come for dinner earlier that day when they were at the diner and his mom like really didn't want her to come over for dinner Mm -hmm. but she goes over to mitch's house for dinner and kathy the one she got the birds for like is in love with her already which is so weird yeah like obsessed with her i don't know who the fuck she is but she got her birds which she only did to be nice so while she's there lydia mitch's mom calls someone that sold her chicken food i'm assuming it's the farmer Mm-hmm. And she mentions that, you you know, you sold me bad food. The chickens won't eat. They're chickens. They're always hungry. It's the food. It's the food. You should know. You I have do. chickens. I do. They eat anything. <laughs> they don't like greens. Mine don't like. If I, I've thrown them, like, celery before, and they're like, the fuck is that? And they don't like spinach. But everything else, they'll pretty much garbage disposals. They're like us. No vegetables. Yeah, yeah no vegetables. <laughs> Can you please bring the tomatoes and bananas back out here? <laughs> When she's talking to the farmer, he mentions someone else's chickens seem sickly as well. And then it cuts to Melanie. That doesn't show them eating dinner, but it cuts to Melanie playing the piano and talking to Kathy about Mitch and his work. And Kathy wants her to stay and basically be part of family events. Like, she really wants her to come to her party and all this stuff. It's so weird. I guess you don't know who this woman is. (laughs) But she's pretty. You met her? You've literally talked to her for maybe, what, two hours at this point with dinner and drinks and all that? Mm-hmm. No! Yeah. I don't know. Maybe she wants, like, a bigger sister. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. And then Lydia's in the kitchen just grilling Mitch about Melanie. They and... have the creepiest. This is another, like, Norman Bates. They have the weirdest mother-son relationship ever. Alfred calls... Hitchcock should read some Freud. <laughs> he calls her dear and darling. And I'm like, mm, no, none of that. <laughs> Don't be prudes. <laughs> <laughs> I know that the sister is talking about Mitch defending some dude who shot his wife six times. Anything more than even two is excessive to me. She's like 11. <laughs> Wait, okay. I think a, more than two is just obscene. <laughs> that is just proof that the world is, there's none of this, you know, you know rose colored glasses. Like, come on. It yeah. was bad back then, too. People were shooting each other in the face. Yeah. Bad shit was happening. We just have Facebook to talk about it now. Exactly. It. We yeah. just hear about it faster. And Lydia mentions to Mitch that she's on, on the newspapers all the time for these risque things. Like uh, she was apparently, she jumped into a fountain completely naked. naked. And it was just, oh, the scandal of it. And she talks about her being very rich. And she says, I'm just old fashioned. And she doesn't care for her at all. But she seems like the kind of mom that wouldn't care for anybody no matter what. So she leaves and she gets in her car and Mitch says that he would like to see her again. 
And he then he grills her on jumping into the fountain naked. And she gets pissed and she's like, I was pushed and I was fully clothed. But it's, of course, my father's competitor. So they're yeah. going to smear me all over their newspaper. And then they banter and argue. And she's offended and, you know, drives off. And she gets back to Annie's house and they drink some brandy together. Well, she's Melanie starts and then she gets some. <laughs> She asked her how her evening went, and immediately Melanie wanted to change the subject. Annie said she was originally from San Francisco, and she came up a long time ago. And then she discloses that it was Mitch that brought her to Bodega Bay, and then they have a really awkward conversation. <laughs> it's, this is interesting to me, because most women obviously would be a little defensive of like the man they love, I guess. But yeah. Melanie's almost like asking her for advice. Annie tells her that Lydia is, like, really possessive and she doesn't like anybody that likes Mitch because she's afraid of being abandoned after her husband died and she got this complex. Annie says that she wanted to live in Bodega Bay to be near Mitch and she still likes him a hell of a lot and doesn't ever want to lose their friendship. And that's so interesting and awkward to me that they were just having a civil conversation about being into the same dude. Yeah. Who no, Annie has already that. had. So then Mitch calls Annie's house and it's super awkward because he's calling to talk to her while Annie is sitting there like... Well, Annie answers the phone, and yeah. he's like, hey, is Melanie there? That's <laughs> fucking horrible. Yeah. Enough she cell phones still where they loves could just you, be- dude. Yeah. Yes. And it's, it was just so awkward, because Annie was just sitting in that chair, like, staring up at the ceiling, like, oh, what the fuck is my life right now? Who is this rich bitch stealing my man yeah. living in my house right now? <laughs> <laughs> she tells Annie she is going to Kathy's party in the morning, and then they're talking about, she's like, well, should I go? And then something hits the door. And it was a goal, and it hit and died. And they're like, what the fuck? And then they just move on. So it's the next day at Kathy's party. And Melanie and Mitch wander away from the party and talk about their jobs. Yeah. They're her jobs. Mondays and Thursdays, she keeps herself busy. And on Fridays, she's free and sometimes goes to bird shops. What? Mm-hmm. You made a face. It's weird. Just the fact that she doesn't have to actually work. Yes! <laughs> I want to do that. I want to occasionally go to bird shops randomly. Because you're not working. You can do that. We find out her mother is shitty and ditched her and her father. And she seems like she kind of starts tearing up and she says she doesn't know where her mother is. But then whatever. They move on. I love when she says I should go join the other children. (laughs) That's hilarious. I would say that shit. She's really snarky. Mm -hmm. And she's like, like when she's kind of self-deprecating, but in like the, I know what you think of me, but I don't give a fuck kind Mm -hmm. of way. And she... They decide to head back to the party, and Annie's there, too, and she's just staring at them together up on the little hill that they're at. Mm-hmm. She's just, like, looking at them, and so is Lydia. They're just, like, staring at them. And then the goals start dive-bombing the children. <laughs> <laughs> We're so horrible. Just laughing at that shit. <laughs> I mean, they, they're, like, there's, like, cake and all this stuff out, and then these birds just start, like, beating the shit out of these kids (laughs) and they're like get in the house get in the house and they're like we gotta get the kids we gotta round up the kids they take forever to run these are like 11 12 year olds they can run in the house you don't (laughs) need to go drag them in but they do they round up the kids and get them inside and they talk about how the birds are being abnormal and melody asks mitch what's going on and he asks her to stay until the birds chill out basically and even the caged lovebirds are are freaking out Mm -hmm. yeah but they're caged so they can they're really small and then they're sitting around that evening by like the fireplace and they're having like tea and then i mean hundreds of these little like swallows i think Mm -hmm. they are just fly down their chimney and inside the house and start swarming 
and they just like fill up the whole house yeah one time side note we had a bird chimney sweeps we used to call them back in texas and we thought it was a bat at first because they're black and they're little okay and i was home with my friend Brittany. And we were home alone, and it flew into the house and started flying around. So we're just screaming that would and be losing our shit. And then I think I threw something on top of it and like walked it outside and let it go. But it was a Good terrifying time. like half an hour. Yeah, fair enough. That thing flying around my house. I remember when I was little, we had a bat flying in the house, and that was scary enough. But at least I was little and didn't have to do anything with it. That was my mom. <laughs> <laughs> I would not want to be the mom having to deal with it. Yeah, we had or to... the teenage kids by themselves. Yeah, we had to deal with that, and then. With the same friend, a giant fucking spider. How giant? Mm. Why are you looking at your palm? I'm trying to get his size. It's not that big. <laughs> it was like... So I'm looking at the palm of my hand, and it was probably like... Half the size like of the ha- palm of her hand. With legs, though. Not like the whole <gasps> body. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, we thought we killed it, and then we found it later. So it, we called it the Jesus spider, because we assumed it just resurrected, because it was pissed. But, yeah. Oh my god! I, I lived out in the story. country. I'm lucky I never had to get a snake. I had to get a snake out from under my car one time, but I, I got one of my brother. He was younger than me. He had a toy lightsaber, so I got his lightsaber, and I was like, poking at the snake. <laughs> and I'm not pissed off. Anyways, we try really hard not to banter off topic, yeah. but I'm sorry. I'm sorry. So after the swarming, they get a cop there, and they, he, he says they're sparrows, not swallows. Sorry. Is there a difference? I don't know. I have no idea. <laughs> Somebody that is a bird stan is going to be like, you think I got the birds wrong? <laughs> They're not the same. Like that old lady in the uh, restaurant. Yeah. And they're like dead birds all over the house. And the cop's like, hey, they just got in and they just panicked. And Mitch is like, they didn't get in. They came in. What I like about Mitch is he's not just like trying to rationalize it. He's like, nope, shit is weird. He's not like the typical horror movie male. They're, he's like, yeah, no. This is yeah. actually a thing and you don't get it. Like they're attacking. Mm-hmm. They're not just like panicking and being weird. And the cop is playing it off and they're all mad because they know the birds attacked. Yeah. And he's not believing them. And then Melody says she's going to stay the night. And you can tell Lydia is still not happy about her presence in that house. And then the next day, I think, Lydia goes over to a neighboring farm. And she sees George, who I'm assuming is just like a ranch hand or mm-hmm. an employee of the owner. And she goes into the house. And it's all, like, disheveled. And there are bird de- birds dead and crashed everywhere. And then she finds the farmer dead with his eyes gouged out. Yeah. Like, completely gouged Which out. Is just, like, slumped into the corner. I like that level of violence, especially for the 50s and 60s. Yeah. That was definitely not quite as prevalent to just have that amount of gore. Because audiences were still building up their tolerance. Yeah. It's also creepy when you think about it. Like, he's just sleeping alone. I mean, he's in his PJs. He's just sleeping alone in his mm-hmm. room. And all of a sudden, you know, he's getting attacked by birds and there's no one there to help him. Gouging his eyes yeah. out. Yeah. I wonder if they did that pre or post mortem, or just like that's what killed him. Hmm. I bet it was pre. That's I bet they started. To think of. Yeah, I bet they started gouging his eyes out while he was still alive. Fuck that shit. Fuck that shit. By the way, I don't know if you know, Mitch's mom is Jessica Tandy, which she is from Driving Miss Daisy. Oh, I didn't know that. And I know her from Fried Green Tomatoes, and I fucking love her, and she's amazing. She can't even talk. She's so horrified. And this was kind of in that era of women, like, swooning and fainting. And, I mean, still, though, like, even now, it's still, like, you don't 
well, some people are too shocked to talk, but at least they're not passing out quite as much in movies nowadays. Yeah. <laughs> and she come, she just runs away. She doesn't even say anything to George, and she comes back crying. And um, poor guy. <laughs> yeah. Know then he had to go in the house and figure out what was going on. Yeah. And they try to fit, get her to tell them what's going on, and she just pushes them aside and runs inside. She doesn't say anything to Mitch or Melanie. And Mitch goes to the Fawcett farm, is what it is. And Melanie brings Lydia some tea. So here we're going to get this bonding mm-hmm. scene for the two of them. Because that's, they need that, you know. Yeah. And Lydia is worried about Kathy and she can't stop thinking about Kathy at school with the big windows. Mm-hmm. And Melanie assures her not to worry. And then Kathy says she wish, wishes she was stronger, but her husband was the strong one and used to be strong for the both of them. And then Lydia tells her when her husband died... He really understood the children, and she doesn't, and she can't. Yeah. And that was a huge loss for her, and that's why she struggles so much. She says she wakes up in the morning to make him breakfast, but then she remembers and she loses her purpose, which is really sad. I hate that. That yeah. is so sad. Yeah. I was like, oh, man, not even her kids. Uh, like, I feel she... that one. That is so sad. Yeah, it's like you wake up and you want to see someone or talk to someone, and then they're not yeah. there, and it's like, oh, fuck this shit. Yeah. I don't want to be here anymore if they're not here. Or, you know, my baby was sick for so many years, and the first and last thing I ever thought of every single day was Taking feeding care him, him or medicine or something, and that's why I got up in the mornings, and then he wasn't around, and I was like, what do I do? I don't want to wake up anymore. What do I do? And there's nothing to do. Yeah. yeah. And then Lydia tells her that she feels safer with Mitch home, and she doesn't understand Melanie at all, and she wants to understand why her son likes her so much, and she doesn't know if she will ever like her, which is very frank. I mean, I got to give her that. Kudos for that. She says she wants to like whatever girl he chooses, and it's important to her. And then Lydia starts crying and says she can't bear to be left alone and doesn't know what she would do if Mitch weren't there. So it has nothing to do with whatever girl Mitch ends up with. Yeah. It has everything to do with her not being able to function without, like, a man around, a man in yeah. the house. And not, not maybe not necessarily even, like, a male, just, like, a, a stronger partner. presence than her Someone that, can that she do can things. lean on occasionally. Yeah. And she, again, asks if Kathy's all right. So this is, like, the third time she's brought up Kathy. And Melanie says, okay, I'll go check on Kathy since, you know, you're so worried. Let's yeah. just, I'm just going to go check on her for you. And Lydia thanks her for the tea and basically goes down back to sleep. You can tell she's kind of coming around mm-hmm. to Melanie. Melanie sets outside to wait for Annie to finish. So she goes into the school and they're singing this fucking song. And it go and she just goes and she's like, okay, I'll wait outside for you to be done. And it just goes on and on and on. And you're like, what the fuck is the point of this fucking song? This is the only music in the whole movie. And it's awful. <laughs> I hated it. I was like, oh my god, this could have ended like two minutes ago. And it was probably only like a minute and a half long. But mm-hmm. I was like, fucking a, dude. <laughs> it's like one of those language songs I think to work on articulation. Mm-hmm. It was, was actually I was looking into it. It was like annoying. an old old english folktale song or something then why i don't know <laughs> and it's interesting to me how like there's the bodega bay school is what it's called but is it like she's like the only teacher it seems like because they're like oh the school teacher the school teacher well, it's just a room one room schoolhouse yeah but it's just interesting because like all the kids in the town are just happen to be the same age yeah there aren't like teenagers in point. high school or anything like that there's just not not that it does anything for the story it's just the song finally finishes, but while the song's been going on, these birds are starting to congregate on the playground. Yeah. And... Which is great. That's the best one. You see, like, one fly. 
And you see, like, another fly. And then she tracks them to them just, like, there's so many of them on this All playground. of a sudden, there's just, like, hundreds of them. And she's like, oh, fuck. Mm-hmm. The children are actually about to go to the playground. But then she runs inside and she says, close that door, close that door. Look at the birds. And they look out the window and they decide, okay, we have to get the kids out. She tells the kids they need to get out quickly and silently. And when she tells them to run, they need to run. Why does she tell them to run at all? That's just, like, it's like a, running from a dog. Like, they're going to chase you. Exa- they The birds don't even move until they hear the kids start to run. Like, you hear them quietly walking out. The birds are fine. They start to run and the birds freak the fuck out. Yeah. Why are they running? Oh, my God. And then panic and chaos ensue. Yes. <laughs> and they just get totally swarmed. And they just start attacking these running children. And one of them falls and breaks her glasses and... Uh, Melanie and Kathy get up and run into a car, and that girl that fell, she got beat up pretty yeah, bad. Yeah, she did. Like, she looked pretty bad. They, he did that scene in studio on, uh, the kids were on two rows of treadmills, and the background was going behind them, which you can kind of yeah. see, but this is bad. <laughs> Those kids ate shit so many times. <laughs> <laughs> they would have to redo the scenes. Oh, my God. Because <laughs> one would fall in the front. It would just take, take the rest of them out. God, we're horrible, horrible people, but fucking hilarious in my mind. I just see, like, these dominoes on these, like, 11-year-olds getting knocked out. <laughs> oh, nothing brings me more joy than watching kids eat shit. <laughs> That reminds me, there's a, speaking of kids eating shit, there's a video that's been going on around Facebook for a few years, and it's this dad, and there's, like, this patch of ice outside this kid's school, and he just, and they all eat shit in the same place, and he's just filming for, like, five minutes, (laughs) taking bets on which kids are gonna just eat it, and that is so mean. Oh, my God. It also reminds me, sorry, I know we're talking a lot on this one, but, um, I was in marching band when I was in high school, and my show, I can't remember if I was a junior or a senior, involved us running and some of us running backwards with he- I played the flute so mine wasn't heavy but with heavy instruments and like there one- I think it was like a trombone or a big saxophone fell and the rest of us are going backwards and so <laughs> you can't see and so I think we were just luckily it was a football game and not a contest but like you can't see what's behind you so we're all just backing up and falling over and over and over <laughs> one at a time just falling backwards and it was so embarrassing it was so funny in front of the whole school oh yeah and we were like I think we were at our rivals' stadium too, so oh, they were just God. like well, making their field fun of you and was everything. really shitty, and so the it was really hard mm. to march, run on like uneven ground. Mm-hmm. So I have also eaten shit like one of those. <laughs> Actually, I didn't fall on that show, thank God, but I fell over. I got hit by a trombone that was behind me and didn't line up correctly. Or like his slide whacked me right in the head. Jesus. Was, yeah. Anyways. So you have a right to laugh. I do not. It's just fucking hilarious to picture my brain. I don't have brain. a right to laugh because I was at least a teenager. But man, watching kids. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Back to attacking birds trying oh, to kill yeah, children. Oh, yeah, the actual yeah, movie. Yeah, sorry. So after Melanie gets to like a restaurant or a cafe or, or a diner and calls her dad and is telling him this information. And she's like, hundreds of birds attacked. And she tell him, tells him she can't leave. Like, she can't leave this town right now. 
And then there, I called her the bird lady. Mm-hmm, this fair. is like a, a cafe store kind of thing. She's coming in to go to the cigarette vending machine. Man, those were the days, right? <laughs> Neither one of us were alive, but those, those were the days. <laughs> and she's like a self-proclaimed bird expert. And she says birds aren't intelligent enough to like form an mm-hmm. attack, like, you know, an intelligent kind of um, yeah. attack like that. And she says she's a bird expert and they only bring beauty to the world. First of all, they bring shit on my car to the world. <laughs> no, birds are cool, whatever. But and let's hope they're not smart enough because there's like five hundred billion of oh, them. Holy fuck. That's what she said in the sixties. Five hundred billion of them. I fucking love the old drunk Irish dude. He's my favorite. Yeah. Literally, I quote him in everyday life. I said it to you the other day. <laughs> it's the end of the world. <laughs> on it's everything. The end of the world. <laughs> I love him. What I do agree with with this crazy bird lady is she insists that she's like, birds don't make it difficult. Humans make it difficult for things to exist. Mm-hmm. Which I agree wholeheartedly. Humans are cancer. Well, yeah, people are shit. Didn't you just hear us laughing about kids eating shit on treadmills? <laughs> but did they die? <laughs> <laughs> and then that's when I brought up the dude at the bar talking about the end of the world. I fucking love him. Yeah. He's my spirit. And he's animal. like quoting Bible <laughs> <laughs> drunkard talking about the end of the world. We should give you a sign. No. <laughs> um, and he's talking about, he's like quoting Bible verses and stuff. And someone else says that he's been having problems with the goals and his boat. Mm-hmm. And he's like a big player in the community. And he says he's been having issues. And the bird lady says to be logical. And the goals just want fish. They were attacking your boat because they want your fish. Mm-hmm. And Melanie thinks the crows wanted to kill the children. And the bird lady says that's ridiculous and they're not going to wage war on us, basically. And unless I heard this wrong, I'm pretty sure the bird lady's name is Miss Bundy. Which is kind of Yeah, I think so. She says you can't kill them all. Because somebody is like, well, let's just start shooting them. It's like, you can't. (laughs) She's like, you can't kill them all because the world contains like 100 billion birds. Yeah. And she says if the birds swarmed together, humans wouldn't stand a chance. Like, if that were to happen. Yeah. Humans would be fucked. Which is why this movie is so scary. Exactly. And Mitch and the cop show up, and they've just been at that farm. And Mitch says the birds killed him, but the cops say it was just a homicide. So they think that somebody just went in there, gouged his eyes out. The townspeople in this cafe are now just, like, arguing about it. And Mitch says they're in real trouble, and it truly is a bird war and plague and they must do something and mitch is trying to convince the man with the boat Mm -hmm. because he's an important man and he's like if you get the people involved in helping like if you say you'll help the town will follow right behind you because right he's so important to the town and then they hear birds flickering or like cawing outside and they're like coming down on people and then they like knock over this man filling up his gas tank and then there's just like gas running down the road yeah which then people go running to this man to make sure he's okay, which is fine. But do you need four of you checking to see if he's okay? Someone put up the gas thing. Yeah, it's just like running into the street. So as there's gas running down the street, of course, they see someone like he stands out of his car and he's like lighting a cigar. You don't think you'd smell that? That's my question. Exactly. But they had to set up an explosion. Exactly. Hitchcock's like the Michael Bay of the 60s. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, the gas explodes everywhere and then it runs down back to the gas station and then the gas station explodes and then all these cars start exploding and it's just the whole transformers thing (laughs) transformers and (laughs) and then melanie runs i don't know why she even runs out in the first place i I don't don't remember this because that she can be rescued yeah she ends up 
you know, running into a phone booth to save herself. And that's this, there are some cool shots here, though, because yeah. you get, like, a guy being, like, pecked to death yeah. up against the glass. And my brain is still thinking in black and white for some reason. <laughs> I'm, like, wondering if there's something wrong with me now. <laughs> and so you get some really cool Hitchcock shots, basically. And then Mitch is able to get Melanie out of the phone booth and back into the same restaurant she was to hide with everyone. Yeah. Which I love even the bird lady now is hiding there like, oh, fuck. Oh, yeah. She's like, she's like, I was fucking wrong. Mm-hmm. They're attacking and they're trying to kill us. <laughs> what I also love about this movie is, I guess this is, like, towards the end, but there's not ever, like, an explanation as to why. Like, because, like, let's talk about the happening for a second. The plants are trying to kill humans. Some force of nature is trying to kill humans. You get, like, an explanation of why. Yeah. Because we're threatening them. And when she gets back into the restaurant there, like, like you said, the bird lady's in there and there's like this hallway lined with people taking shelter. And there was this one woman in the cafe who had her kids with her and she kept mm-hmm. like telling them, stop, you're scaring the children. Mommy, are we going to die? Are the birds going to kill mm-hmm. us? And all this shit. And she ends up leaving, but and having to run back in because the birds start swarming. And like, she's like, this is all your fault. You're evil. None of this happened until you got here. And I'm like, what is she a bird whisperer? she's like okay we're gonna go to (laughs) and we're gonna fucking take them all out like what the i hope that's what she does that's great she went to that bird shop we don't have a motive and that's what i was saying like in the happening you know why but you don't ever know why the birds are doing this they're just doing it can i go back to two things real quick that i forgot to bring up yes but now i thought of it it makes me laugh we're in a laughing mood on this one so First of all, not so laughing. The poor horses. They're so scared and they're getting attacked. That's oh, yeah. horrible. Horses run down the road. Yeah. The laughing part, though, is when that guy gets hit at the gas station, all of a sudden everybody, Mitch is like, they're attacking again. It's one fucking goal, okay? And he trips they, over something. They are not attacking, all right? <laughs> I mean, they end up. They, yes, but, but like that one thing. One fucking thing. Calm down. If you've ever been to the beach, you know, too, that like, if you they think you have like food or yeah. something they'll just dive bomb you anyways so but and plus this guy like he kind of is like a the fainting kind of woman he like trips over something and he's like oh god you know exactly. and he's, you're fine you didn't even hit your head like get over it <laughs> the birds finally seem to be leaving so they have to go to annie's to get kathy because they left kathy with annie and they see the crows are still at the school and so they're like tiptoeing by as try not to disturb them and this is kind of like the first time you get well if you're slow and calm like they didn't attack you know you mean you didn't get that from life do you go up to any animal and just run up to them (laughs) (laughs) and um annie is dead outside her home on the porch that actress actually told hitchcock she thought of some she thought of something really cool she's like i think it'd be really cool if the birds attacked my ear and it was like bitten off and hitchcock told her he's like okay go to the prosthetics department and have them put on a fake mangled ear for you and when they actually did this shot the shot of that right there he made sure that she was laying in a position and the camera was in the right position that it did not get that ear because he wasn't the one that came up with it so, if we ever say someone's a good director, we're not making a testament to them as a human being because Roman Polanski and yes. Alfred Hitchcock were fucking assholes. Alfred Hitchcock was trash. Like, to Tippi Hedren, first of all, he was a stalker. He he would just leave stuff at her house randomly. And then her dressing room, her, tr- her dressing trailer, 
He actually had a specially made ramp that led from his office directly to her trailer. Ew. That's fucking gross. He was a misogynist asshole, too. Like, And he had rape fetishes. Like, uh, later on, he did a movie with Tippi Hedren again called Marnie, which was actually up for... Actually, I think it won an Oscar. And there's a scene where she gets raped in it. And he made sure... He told everyone... He told the cameraman, he's like, I want you on her face... This is really gross and crude. I want you on her face, her face when he puts it in. Mm. He had huge rape fetish. That's he was he was a disgusting human being. Director, fucking amazing. Yeah. Well, same thing with a lot of like like you said, uh, Roman Polanski's ass hat. Uh, James Cameron apparently is a a douchebag. Yeah. And they we were talking about today. They kind of get a god complex. Oh yeah. I mean, I mean, if you're telling people what to do how to do it every mm-hmm. single second of the day it yeah i can see how it end up that get way. to your head yeah yeah so again just because we say that they did an amazing movie does not mean that we think that they are amazing people no. but you can't like talk about horror you know nowadays if somebody makes a, a new movie and we know that they're a trash human being it's like okay i'm not gonna watch it. i'm not gonna support that but this yeah. is history exactly i mean you can't talk about horror without talking about psycho and this the birds and rosemary's baby started all the horror movies exactly they get pieces from this stuff. so it's not like we can i guess we could boycott hitchcock but i mean this is huge for horror so i don't know just just throwing that out there we don't think they're good people just good no. filmmakers <laughs> Kathy is safe inside, though. So there's that. And Mitch covers up Annie with his jacket. And then, you know, Melanie's like, you can't leave her here. So he puts her, like, right inside her door. And Kathy's crying, saying Annie pushed her inside and then she died. So the last thing How Annie terrifying. did was push Kathy inside to save her and, and then die. Because they heard the explosion in yeah. town. Mm-hmm. And so they went outside to see the explosion, like people probably would. Yeah. And then the birds started attacking and she yeah. shoved her inside. How yeah. scary, though. Yeah. And then it cuts to Mitch boarding up the windows and all the chi- the chimney and everything at the house. So they're basically just going to wait this out in their home. And they notice some birds gathering that have been gathering for, they say, about 15 minutes. And then they say it seems like they strike, disappear, and then they start massing again. Right. With, like, a lot of time in between. Lydia calls for them because they're getting something on the radio. And a news station in, in San Francisco has picked this up. But they're not really, they don't have any more information yeah. than they already know. And then... She's like, we should leave. Where are we going to go? What are we going to do? And Mitch is like, I don't know. I don't know. And she's like screaming at him. And he said, when will you know when we're all dead? And everyone's like, Jesus Christ. Like, chill out, lady. Nobody knows what's happening. Calm the fuck down. Yeah, I know you're panicking, but Jesus Christ. And then they're all just sitting around waiting for an attack. Like, in silence. Like, I think by the fireplace. Like, just waiting. Don't got any books? Come on, people. Yeah. And Mitch goes around and checks all the doors and windows. And then Kathy gets up and gets sick randomly. I'm assuming like an anxiety kind of so. throw up. That'd be me. Yeah. <laughs> and then the swarming starts. And it's really loud and screechy. And they start busting through windows and whittling away at the wood on the doors they're yeah. getting through. I mean, they're so into it that you're just seeing these little holes form in the door. And it's that's terrifying. Yeah. I feel so bad for Mitch in this scenario. Like, yeah. He's just surrounded. A helpless woman. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I know this is just that time frame. Yeah. But seriously, no one's going to help him. 
close that fucking window. It's a shutter, I think, that he needs to close, yeah, right? Yeah. Exactly. Nobody's going to help. Like, he's trying to take care of this and cover this door and this and that. Come on, Tippy. Come on. But she does at least, like, she looks at his hand and it looks like she's going to help him. And then he just kind of, like, sets her back down and, like, yeah. I'll take care of this. He sits everyone down. He's yeah. like, you here you here yeah. you here like i know where everybody's at just stay exactly. fucking put so i can just assess the situation and he puts a wardrobe up against the door because they're getting through it mm-hmm. and then the power goes out but they have fire going and then they have flashlights and it starts getting quieter and they think they're leaving you get this really cool shot and the camera is faced up towards the ceiling and it's kind of scaping the ceiling but you see all of their faces and they're not looking down at the camera but I, there's something about the angle, and it goes past all of them, and there's a lot of space in between each character. And yeah. it was a really cool shot. I, like, made a note of that, and I really liked that aesthetic there. And later, they're all sitting or sleeping around the fire, except Melanie's the only one that's not asleep. And she hears wings flapping. Yeah. She's like, fucking A. She tries to wake Mitch up, but he won't wake up. And so she just decides she's going to go at it alone, which I would not do. I agree I wouldn't do. I also, but based on what I've just said, at least she seems to try and be helping him a little. Like, he needs to yeah. fucking sleep, well, and that's, too. Yeah, that's, he, she doesn't, she tries to wake him up, but I guess she realizes that he needs to sleep. Yeah. I guess that's fair. But then go to the door, you hear it, and stop right there. Why do yeah. you, why do you fucking go in? And yeah. then why do you step all the way in? Yeah, because she opens a door. She walks all the way upstairs. She's following the sounds of the flapping. sounds of the flapping (laughs) and she opens it and sees that they have made a hole in the ceiling yeah and they're all just sitting in that bedroom and then of course they attack her she goes all the way in she doesn't just peek like if i saw one fucking (gasps) bird and scares the fuck out of all of them yeah why and then she falls down and her body's laying in front of the door so they can't even come rescue her yeah like no she's out like they get her real good which by the way, they did that scene by they tied the birds to her clothing so that they couldn't oh. get away from her. So they kept flying back at her. Real birds? Real birds. So she is panicked in this yeah. scene. Yeah. And she slinks down and it almost looks like she's kind of accepting it. Like she's stopped fighting. Mm-hmm. You know, she can't fight anymore. She's too hurt. And like you said, they can't get to her because she's in front of the door. But they finally like drag her out. And of I'm this so crack. proud of his mom finally. Like help, somebody is helping him because yeah. he's trying to fight the birds off and get her. And mom's in the back like, get him, get him. Yeah. And they drag her out through a small crack and she wakes up on the couch and she's like still fighting. As soon as she yeah. wakes up, like she doesn't realize that she's safe now. And he had brandy ready for it. Like, here's some medicine. Drink it. <laughs> and they're, like, trying to bandage her up. And Mitch says she needs to get to the hospital in San Francisco. And they say they'll we'll go in Melanie's car because it's faster. So he looks outside and there are just hundreds of birds on their lawn. And he, like, tiptoes. And he walks so slowly. And they all just kind of move out of his way. So they're real docile right now. They fed them wheat and whiskey to get them to just stand there. The birds? Uh-huh. Oh, that's fucked. Humane society would not allow that. They today. got them drunk to, to wow. stand there. Oh, those poor little birds. I don't know what's or happening. awesome for those birds. I mean, it probably killed them early. Oh. Shh. <laughs> <laughs> and they, like, bite at him, but they don't really react very much. And Bodega Bay, he hears, he gets in her car and has, they basically, like, roadblocked them in. Mm-hmm. Some of them. He's they are most of the town got out, but I guess they didn't get the memo, so they didn't leave. 
and the radio says they're considering a military presence to fight these birds. Like, what How fuck? would the military fight these birds? They'd nuke them. Exactly. I don't know. I don't know. You can't shoot at a bunch of birds. All like, of them, you would hit yeah. a few, like, hunting. Like you. But then it would just go crazy, because you wouldn't have a bunch of people that could shoot them, because then everybody would just be, like, moving around and shooting each other. Yeah. So what the fuck? I don't know. And he quietly rolls the car up to the house and tiptoes around the birds back to the house. And Why doesn't he get out the other side of the car? I don't know. He gets out on the driver's side where he then has to walk around the car. Get out on the passenger's side. That yeah, because it's have like as the much. bench seat so he could just slide over. Yeah. But Melanie is still in shock and just blankly staring into nothing. And then when they open the door and she's Ooh, going out, she's she like, no, him. no, no. But she then just Bitch, you need to calm down. gets quiet. And then Kathy brings her lovebirds in the car with her. And then they. I love that she saves them. Yeah. They're probably evil and they're going to. She's like, they never hurt anybody. What if they started this? Oh my God. She brought those birds from the pet store. They started the revolution. Holy (laughs) fuck. They are the mad geniuses. And she had to order them in. (gasps) You guys, I'm coming up with how this happened. (laughs) They were in cages their whole life. So they were like, attack. (laughs) Yeah. Well, too bad you can't ask Hitchcock. Actually, that's probably a good thing. I don't wish anybody dead, but he's kind of a piece of shit. Anyways, and then they drive away, and then it ends. I thought that I had missed something and hit the controller on my PS4 and skipped something. I was like, that, is that all? (laughs) It's over? There's no resolution. No. The birds are still there. Mm -hmm. They just drive away. So you don't know if they make it to San Francisco. You don't know if this bird thing is over. You don't know who all is dead in Bodega Bay. You don't have a body count. You don't know if the military ever come in. You don't know anything other than they're driving away from their house and it's over. The the coolest thing, when they showed this in London for its premiere, they put speakers in the trees outside the theater. So when people left, they were playing bird sounds. Scared the fuck out of people. I bet that's I cool. That. I appreciate that a lot. I would, I would lo- love to. I was about to say I would that. love that as a movie goer. Yes. Like scare the shit out of me, please exactly. scare the shit out of me. That's why I'm so disappointed by some movies we've seen recently. They just didn't do it for me. Yeah, that cemetery. I like when that little girl went walking through your theater. Yeah, that did it. <laughs> <laughs> I saw her in for real, and I was not ready. <laughs> I would give this movie. Between a three and a half and a four out of five. I love the classics. I know you do. You're going to give it a five, right? I'm giving it a five. <laughs> Especially this one. I'd say I, four, actually. I'd say four. I grew up with this movie. Yeah. This is one of my... I mean, we've talked about how we're doing yeah. the ones that got us into horror. This is yeah. one of mine. I love the birds so much. You know, when I watched this movie for the first time, almost in its entirety, but like I didn't see bits and pieces of it because my, my cousins were over. I was probably like 16 years old. My family was over, my mom's brother and his kids, my younger cousins, and we were dying Easter eggs, and my uncle was watching it in our living room. Yeah, I love that. For Easter. I love that. <laughs> watching the birds <laughs> and dying Easter eggs. So, yeah. No, I really like this movie. I love old, like, I also mm-hmm. enjoy. I don't ever, it's one of those where I don't feel like watching it, but then when I watch it, I just love it. So, like, The Blob, I was like, this yeah. is going to be kind of like meh, and now it's, like, one of my favorites of all time yeah. because it's so good. This is one of mine where if I... So I used to only make myself watch horror movies during October because yeah. I would run out of horror movies. Right. But this is one of those where I'd be like, I mean, it's kind of a horror movie, but maybe not always. So yeah. I think it's okay to watch any time in the year. Yeah. 
Well, now we watch horror movies weekly, multiple weeks weekly. Which I love. Yeah. I love my new job. So thank you for joining us. You can follow us on Instagram at The Extra Sisters Podcast. You can find us on Facebook at The Extra Sisters Podcast. You can find us on Twitter at The Extra Sisters. And we are going to ask a favor of you guys. You've heard a couple of our haunted happy hours now. We really hope you enjoy them because they're one of our favorite things to do because they're so fun and a little off format. They're not quite as structured and hard edited or... um, And creepy. We make sure to scare each other. Yeah, even if it's unwarranted. Like, I think my ice maker came on in the Ouija board one and it yeah. scared the shit out. I still don't know what that was, but I'm just going to tell myself gonna it was the it was ice that? maker. Yeah. Okay. Um, but we're going to ask if you have any haunted doll or toys or anything like in that realm. Yeah, creepy dolls, whatever. Yeah. Even if it just like scared you as a kid and didn't necessarily do anything. Yeah. I, we would love to hear that because we're going to do a like haunted doll segment. Yeah. So email that to the exorcisters at gmail.com. Please let me know in that email if you would like your social medias plugged or not, or if you would like me to change your name. But yeah, send it in when we would love to talk about it on our Haunted Happy Hour, Haunted Creepy Dolls episode. Absolutely. Until next time, they're all going to laugh at you. <laughs> Until then, stay creepy. Well, I hope you folks figure this thing out. It's the end of the world.